0: I want everybody to be able to see what we're talking about tonight. I'd like to go through it rather quickly, but here are Bibles. You take those. CJ, could you take these and Adam, could you help me see that everybody has can at least see a Bible? There are probably some more in the back, but I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 14 and we're going to look at it together and hopefully get a better understanding of what's going on at Communitas. The leader the leadership of Communitas has a vision of seeing God move in our midst in a new and a fresh way. We have an expectation for that to happen, and so I just want to share some things that can hopefully be a uh, stepping stone to that taking place. And if we look at 1 Corinthians 14, beginning with verse 25, it says, What then shall we say, brothers, when you come together? When you come together. Okay, here we're together. This is the earliest description of a worship service that we have. It's in, in the New Testament, it tells us some idea of what a worship service like this sh- should look like. Now, if you back up a couple of verses, which in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, this is what it says. And the secrets of his heart, whose heart? A guy that visits has a prophetic word. It will be laid bare, so he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Our prayer from the beginning concerning communitas is this. You want to know what it is? Okay. Our prayer has been that people who come here would encounter the living God so that if they they never came back, at least that night, they would encounter something more than a different church or some good ideas or gain some knowledge, but they would actually be exposed to the living God. That's what happened here in verse 25, that this person came and said, My, God's here. I remember a guy came through the line at Trinity Lutheran where I was pastor, and he said, Pastor Paul, that's what they called me, I've been here for 20 years. Today I worshiped. What was he saying? That's right. And you used the word experience. That was what happens to people. They experience it. It's something to be experienced. I think of another person, a mother and her daughter. They They were going through some real difficulties. And I said, do you have a church family? No. Why don't you try it on Sunday? They came. They were coming through the line afterwards. And I said, so how'd it go? And the daughter said, how'd it go? She cried her way through the whole service. (laughs) She wasn't quite as excited as her mom, but her mom had encountered something. She had experienced it. It wasn't just church. It was the living God encountering. So that's our goal. And so, Father, we pray that at Communitas now, as we take a fresh step in this month of August to to, uh, make a couple changes, look at things differently, that we would encounter you, that we would encounter you afresh in Jesus' name. So when you come together, I'm just taking it phrase by phrase, when you come together. So here we are. We're together. Way to go. Now, think about it. Is that a command to come together? I'll I'll phrase it another way. Is it an option for you? Who said no? Okay. Why would you say that, Levi? Why is it not an option? There are two passages in Hebrews, one that you quoted, about not forsaking. In Hebrews 10, it says, verse 25, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Can internet church work? Because you're not getting together. Now, I think you can be blessed by internet church. I just don't think you can fulfill... The admonition of the apostles to meet together. So I say, that's good. As is the habit of some. Now listen to this. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So why do we come together? Get as much as I can. Encourage one another, according to this passage. So I hope you go tonight Saying, praise the Lord, I encourage two people. I made their day tonight. Think about how you might be able to do that. You might make somebody's day tonight. When you come together, everyone. Say everyone. everyone. Oh, my. What a goal. Not someone. Not a few. Not a one-man band. Church used to be, for many, almost a one-man show, Right? And I didn't do a whole lot to, to uh, proliferate something different. The focus, I'm sorry to say, was mainly on me. I mean, let's hope is on Christ, but, but the person up front was this guy. I wish I knew now what I knew then, and I would do it very differently. It says, "Everyone here. Does everyone include you? Okay, everyone. We're going for it. We're not consumers here, and we're not spectators. We're radical followers of Jesus. We're participants in the life of Christ, and so we come together to cheer one another on so that we can make it. Can you make it alone? Not really. You can't. Yeah. So, yeah. pardon? Ooh, yeah, good. Preach. Yep. You can have this pulpit, Levi. (laughs) So when you come together, everyone has a hymn. So that's telling us something about one of the priorities. A hymn is a sung song, possibly from the Psalter, which was the hymn book of the Second Temple Jews. Paul said, and he knew something about singing. Listen to this. He knows something about it that we don't know. Because he said, here's what you do. You speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now think about that. You speak to one another in psalms. Have you experienced that? I have because I have a singing wife. (laughs) But most of you have not experienced that. Would you say that would be true? Most of you have not experienced the reality of singing to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, giving thanks and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So there's something that we need to know about music it's speaking and then it's just extending those sounds so it becomes a song and when you sing it it's twice as powerful and if you get into practice like that baby named William of just letting your voice express itself to the Lord and then to one another you can sing to one another Karen does it all the time Karen I love you She's singing it back but she can't I can't hear her. So has a hymn. So so part of what we do here is worship. God is seeking, God is looking for worshipers tonight. Is he an egomaniac? No, he's God. That settles it. We worship God. If we don't worship God, we'll worship creatures. We'll worship animals. We'll worship four-footed beasts and so we worship that's central to what we do It's, it's not something we get the Bible says give unto the Lord O ye people give unto the Lord glory and strength so tonight we're gonna do a lot of that in a in a in an open atmosphere as Katie and Andy and Kevin lead us we're gonna give to God so so give him a worship tonight. The Israelites, when they came to worship, they knew they weren't coming to receive. It was not an issue what they received. It was a non-issue. It's how they worship. And if they gave him a, a lame lamb, God would say, try that on your governor. He won't accept that. You give him the best, right? So give him your best tonight. Give him your heart. Sing your heart out. Listen to him. Let him speak to you. Pardon Give them your all. That's right. Give them your all. I'm getting help in preaching here from these people. Good. Yes. Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction. Now, it is true that there are some that are called to teach, that they're called to lay the foundations of the faith, that they have a calling, they have an office of teacher. But then there are also people like you and me who can give a word of instruction. I think of Janelle. I don't see her right here. But uh, a couple times she's come up and she's given a word of instruction out of her own experience that has been practical. It's been real. It's been profitable. And you can do that. If God speaks to you either before a meeting and you come with it, hey, that's just as spiritual, just as charismatic. It doesn't have to be spontaneous to be charismatic. In fact, you can carry the burden of the Lord for months. So if God gives you something and you feel, I'm supposed to share that, then the kind of meeting we have tonight gives you opportunity to step up and say, I've got a, a teaching on something that the Lord taught me. We want to hear that. We want to hear from what you learned. And so people don't have to go through the line saying, find sermon pastor, find sermon pastor. That's what I got, find sermon pastor. I want to hear them saying, boy, way to go, Janelle, way to go, Stephanie. Way to go, Tony. Good word, Caton. So let's, let's be open to not only receiving those transforming words, but be ready to pass them along. It says in Matthew 28 20, teaching them to obey what? Interesting. Jesus tells the apostles here's what you teach. Teach them to be obedient to what I've told them to do. So it's not something out here. It's real. It's life-changing. Timothy said it. I had it in my notes, Timothy. I'll show it to you afterwards. He prayed it. We want more than informational. We want transformational. And I said, you just gave part of my message. You're taking it away. He's accenting it. So we want more than information. We want transformation. We want our lives changed tonight. And so it may happen through you. It may be the preacher, but it may be through you that it really comes home. So you have a responsibility in that respect. You're a part of that, everyone. And God may give you a word that will transform us. So, all the. Uh, oh, no. Then it says a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Well, that's interesting. That's a part of worship, a tongue. I've been in charismatic renewal, get this, over half a century. 52 years. Do you know how many times I've heard a tongue in a Sunday morning service? I don't know, but it's less than seven. It's le- less than seven. Here it is. Here's the apostle telling us. And because we have not understood that and maybe been afraid, we have not had tongue and interpretation. So I'd like to see us change that in our community. We've done it about three times here. That's a better percentage than any church I know of.
1: And, and then there's a
0: way to do it. When we're singing spontaneously and you begin to sing in tongues, that's wonderful, that's biblical. In Acts, they weren't interpreting all those tongues. So you don't have to interpret every tongue. But when they're stopping and we're listening to the Lord and someone speaks on a tongue, that's a tongue that's interpreted because it's a message. What if we did that right now? What if we stopped and had a tongue and then an interpretation and then Maybe I'll tell you the times that I've done it. And I've done it in, in different settings, maybe about eight times or so. I've done it when the Lord says, "Hey, you haven't done that for a while. Why don't you do it?" And I, I don't necessarily get an overwhelming feeling, but I get I get a word. I get an admonition. Do it. So I don't have a picture as I'm gonna, as I start to speak in tongues now. I don't have a picture of what the interpretation is, you may get that. You may get it in the form of a revelation. It says a revelation, that's the Greek word apocalypsis. It means opening up of what is hidden. The book of Revelation is called the apocalypse, the the revealing. Jesus is being revealed. Truth is being revealed. So now you may get something that will reveal something. That would be cool. You may get it through a picture, through an impression, a feeling, or you may see words. John Wimber used to see words. Anybody see words when you you see words? Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. So a revelation tells us that God talks during worship. I used to hear that prayer is two-way communication. I just never met anybody that believed it. In seminary, I heard that from people of a similar kin. But I didn't believe people. I didn't, I didn't see people that took that seriously, and so part of their time they were listening until I started praying every day with Larry Christensen and the elders, and I saw that they listened as a part of their prayer time. It became one of the joys of my heart to not only see that God spoke but that he could speak to me he can speak to you during worship times and there can be a revelation there can be a picture there can be something that God will say right to you just start saying if you don't if you haven't experienced that God talks to me I'm his sheep I hear his voice revelation a tongue an interpretation how wonderful that God comes to us in a service like this in a variety of ways I'm getting close to the end here I'm gonna pray now. Ropaka shende, ropaka shende, ropaka totonde jekonda varata kahasha shito, dorapaka jorotandara orapa, oraka ka pasende, Now you understand that that was was given in a context that calls for an interpretation, right? You can see that that's different. In a time of worship, when we're singing to the Lord and making melody in our hearts and speaking in tongues or speaking in English, that's, you can do that. But now we wait. Anybody receiving a word or a picture? Okay, David.
1: know there's a lot of warfare mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of warfare against you here and um, he wants you to know that this is good but he says he wants you to understand that this is going to be very very hard and things are going to get very very ugly and it's a dark cold world if you're here some of you are going to be martyrs and it's comes it's soon So be prepared, and you need to understand this. So he really wants you to understand this is no game. So don't come in here, you know, um, don't come in here um, half-hearted. You need to give your all. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you, David. It's not a game. I saw another hand go up. There can be multiple interpretations. Thank you for sharing that, Levi.
1: identity is going to be released to the church like i just feel like i mean that's something the lord has really put on my heart a lot recently it's just the identity of who we are as sons of god that you know like the only the only way you're ever going to step out and do any of the the things that even jacob was talking about is if you know who you are
0: if you know that you're loved no matter what you do no matter where you go that's the the only way your identity is going to be rooted and i just feel like the lord is bringing that identity and that healing and that revelation and just a new mighty wind of his spirit So, Father, we pray that you take that word and bring it home to our hearts, that those who need to hear and get, get serious with the reality of your return, and that it will be tough, and the tough will get praying, responsible to you, embrace your grace, and that you do give us a new identity. What I, was, what I was seeing was uh, young adults stepping in and hitting home runs, stepping in and, and moving into a new place rather quickly. And I do feel that it's coming real soon with young adults uh, in the Twin Cities uh, going into places that they haven't gone before and passing by the rest of us who will wave you on and say, go for it, don't hold back. So, pardon? Um, so, I spoke to Father
1: Becker last week. He's the Catholic priest that came from St. Thomas. Um, we had a really crazy, crazy conversation. Um, and what he really believes is that it's not going to be, like right now, what's going to happen is we have the numbers actually really decreasing with Christians. And it's really scary because we're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Like, all our people are leaving. But he said, but the people that will remain are the people that are really true to who they are and really know, like, what the Lord is and, like, have encountered him and have been baptized by the Spirit. Not just, like, baptized by the water but, like, has encountered the Spirit and, like, are going to fight. And it's not going to be easy, like, what David was saying, holy crap, yeah, like, It's so true, like, it's not easy. Um, And then, like, and the truth is, like, we're not going to have so much support from all these people that we think we can rely on. Like, you're going to have to figure out who are those really strong Christians that are going to risk it and are going to be there holding your hand and walking it through with you. But you might be standing alone sometimes, and it's really, really scary. Um, But know that, like, once God takes us through this, like, we're going to have that really solid foundation, which is, like, exciting, and, like, have that hope and focus on it, but it's not right now. Like, we're in a really big battle right now, and it's really, really tough, but, like, the hope is that we will have that sound foundation, and those people that are kind of wishy-washy will kind of brush away and we will have that strong foundation which we need.
0: Okay. Do we hear an amen? Amen. Just a couple more thoughts, and then... Then he talks about tongues and prophecy specifically. Says if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three. Okay, well let's have one then. Let's 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 see it among us. And then no interpreter, then you don't do it. Two or three prophets speak, and the others weigh carefully what is said. Do you weigh something if John Paul Jackson says it to you or Rick Joyner says it to you? Absolutely. You always weigh it. When the prophet gives it. He's done his or her responsibility. And then it becomes your responsibility. So the end result is peace and order. And so I'm going to ask the worship leaders to uh, come back up as I pray for you. That, God, you are in our midst. And, and uh, we invite you to continue to, your work among us. Holy Spirit, flow among us. Give us uh, freedom to do what you give us to do. Give us boldness. Just open your heart now. Come, Holy Spirit. Refresh us.
1: you. Mm-hmm.